headset. Come on, y'all. Was that not rich? Man, that was good. Thank you, worship team. Y'all work hard. They practice every week, and then they're here early on Sundays. I'm so grateful for all that you, your, this team does, and even the sound and media guys and girls that are back there. Thank you, guys. I know y'all don't, the only time y'all get credit is when something's not right on the screen, and y'all know how y'all are. Y'all, something's wrong on the screen. Don't turn around and mean mug those people. They have feelings, too. Is that, is that good? Okay. Y'all feel better? They were a little bit offended, and we just needed to straighten it up this morning. <laughs> well, hey, let's do something. Let's welcome our guests this morning, church. Come on. We just want to say, if this is your first time with us today, we just want to say welcome to our Savior's Church. We're one church with three locations, Jennings, Eunice, and Crowley. And, and we're just excited because God's doing some amazing things in all of our campuses. And so we'd ask you to do one thing, grab this Connect card. It's, it's just important to us that we get your information and that we would get a chance to uh, maybe connect with you during the week. So if you'll just fill this out sometime during the service. And at the end of service, just kindly leave it on your seat and we'll pick it up. And that way we'll have a record. But we would love to connect with you this week if possible. So if you put your phone number, your email address, or something like that, if you prefer text messages, we text, we do all those things. So uh, we would love to connect with you if possible. So welcome to our Savior's Church. Well, <clears throat> today we're wrapping up our series uh, called Legacy. We've, we're on week three, and we've been talking about legacy, and it's been a, it's been a good series. I've enjoyed the series so far. Um, how many of you would, would agree you en- you've enjoyed the series Five, six, seven, eight, ten. Okay, I'll take I'll take ten. But today we're going to wrap it up, and and we've been talking about how how we can leave a legacy. Week one, we shared how every one of us needs to have a vision. God has a vision for your life. You need to have a vision for your life. You need to have a vision for your family. If you own a business or you run a company or you're just an employee, you need to have vision for that company and how you can better and, and help and make things better for them. Every one of us needs to have vision. You need to have vision for your own personal life. How do you want to end? What, what do you want people to say when, you're, when they're standing over your grave at the funeral? Oh, Shah, he loved to cut his grass. Is that all they're going to say? I mean, come on, there's better things than that, right? And so we talked about vision. And then, and then last week we talked about how you only live twice. And I gave you a new hashtag called Yolt. You only live twice. And so it's important for us to understand that, yes, we live now, and then what we do now is important, but we're also going to live again in heaven. Come on, that's the great hope that you have as a Christian, is that I'm going to live again in heaven. And that's going to be a lot longer than here. No mosquitoes, no humidity, rivers of bluebell. Come on. Oh, yeah, y'all getting excited now. No calories. What? No fat gram. Anyway, let me quit. I'm going to get to meddling. So we talked about how you only live twice last week. And if you want to listen to any of those messages, you can always go to oscconnect.com and go online and click on messages and listen to those. Or you can download our OSC app and listen to any of the previous messages there. If you want to listen to one of the other guys at one of the other campuses, they preach a lot better than I do. Uh, And you can listen to those guys as well. Amen? Amen. Today we're going to wrap the series up. And with a message called, He Went First. And we're going to talk about how Jesus went first and he left a legacy for every one of us to follow after. Sounds good? How many of you remember, I want to use uh, just an analogy of a movie that was recently, I say over the last couple of years, a movie that came out. Uh, Maybe you've seen it. It was a movie called Hidden Figures. How many of you have seen that movie called Hidden Figures? It was about NASA back, back during the Civil Rights Movement, and the story was about these three ladies 
who were some of the first black women to work for NASA. It was an incredible movie. I really enjoyed it. It was funny. It was hilarious. Uh, it was good. And, and so I want to use that story this morning because it, it focuses on how these women pioneered in the science and math industry. In fact, they were called, get this, they were called the computers in the Black West Wing. This was before they even had computers. That's what, the, that's what their job title was, computers. And then and segregation was happening, and they had to be in their own wing. They couldn't associate with the white people. They couldn't be in the same workspace with the white people. And so think about this. This is NASA trying to get to the moon, trying to get out of space, and they've got segregation going on. And so the first lady is Dorothy Vaughn, and she became NASA's first black supervisor in 1949, the first one. I think that's incredible. The second lady is Katherine Johnson. She was a, a trajectory analyst for Alan Shepard's Freedom 7 flight in 1961, which was the first human flight into space. She was, she was to analyze the trajectory of them getting there and the trajectory of them getting back. That's a tongue twister kind of word. Um, and in 1962, when John Glenn was getting ready to launch, he requested that she would come and calculate the trajectory of his mission before he would even leave. He's like, I'm not flying until she checks it. That's how good these ladies were. But they were the first. And then in 19, I mean, in 2015, at the age of 97, President Obama awarded her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian honor you can get in America at the age of 97. Think about that. No love till she was 97. Come on, somebody. What are we waiting for? And then the third lady is Mary Jackson, and she's one of my favorites. Her job was to extract data from the flight test. Her boss saw her brilliance and said she should go and, and get her engineering degree. But there was a problem. She couldn't get into the schools, the all-white schools, to get the degree she needed to become an engineer. So there was an issue. She was blocked. There was something in the way. All of us sometimes get some things that are in the way, right? And, and here's the thing is that pioneers and legacy leavers don't let roadblocks stop them. Amen? Watch this video clip. service to our nation, for this is not a struggle for ourselves alone, it is a struggle to save the soul of America. Mary Jackson, petition to attend courses at Hampton High School. Good morning, Your Honor. Hampton High School is a white school, Mrs. Jackson. Yes, Your Honor, I'm aware of that. Virginia, still a segregated state, regardless of what the federal government says, regardless of what the Supreme Court says, our law is the law. Your Honor, if I may, I believe there are special circumstances to be considered. What would warrant a colored woman attending a white school? May I approach your bench, sir? Your Honor, you of all people should understand the importance of being first. How's that, Mrs. Jackson? Well, you were the first in your family to serve in the armed forces, U.S. Navy, the first to attend university. 
George Mason, and the first state judge to be recommissioned by three consecutive governors. You've done some research. Yes, sir. What's the point? The point is, Your Honor, no Negro woman in the state of Virginia has ever attended an all-white high school. It's unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. And before Alan Shepard sat on top of a rocket, no other American had ever touched space. And now he will forever be remembered as the U.S. Navy man from New Hampshire, the first to touch the stars. And I, sir, I plan on being an engineer at NASA. But I can't do that without taking them classes at that all-white high school. And I can't change the color of my skin. So I have no choice but to be the first, which I can't do without you, sir. Your Honor, out of all the cases you're going to hear today, which one is going to matter 100 years from now? Which one is going to make you the first? the night classes, Mrs. Jackson. Isn't that good? Come on, let's go. That's awesome. She was the first. She pressed in. She went first. She went first, and she became, in 1958, she became NASA's first black female engineer at the age of 37. That's incredible. You can clap. That's incredible. What she did, watch this now. Remember the statement she made. Of all the cases you're going to see today, which one 100 years from now is going to matter the most? It was her case, right? She understood what a legacy is. A legacy is something that we do today that the results, we're not even going to be there for the results. We're leaving a legacy for people that we may not even meet yet. Amen? I know this much. I'm very grateful for Pastor Bubba and Tracy and the legacy and the pioneering they did so that we could be here today. You got to understand this. People gave over 12 years ago, people gave money, time, and resources to, to plant this church here, and they would never get an opportunity to meet you. Pastor Bubba had a vision. He had a dream that he would plant another campus, and we had a call. A lady called and said, hey, y'all need to come plant a church in Eunice. And within a year's time, we had a church planted here in Eunice. We were supposed to build a building in Jennings at the same time. We stopped the building. We made a sacrifice and didn't build a building in Jennings so that we could plant a church in Eunice. And because of that, we have a presence in this city now. Isn't that incredible? That's awesome. So I'm grateful. Mother Teresa said this. She says, I, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. What are you going to do today that can create ripples that will last beyond you? So Jesus went first, and I want to talk about that today because he was the ultimate legacy pioneer. Jesus went first, and because he went first in three ways, we can go first, or we can go also today. <clears throat> so if you're taking notes, here's number one. We forgive because he forgave us first. You see, we, we can now forgive other people because Jesus first forgave us. 
Unforgiven people have a hard time forgiving people. People that have been forgiven, it's, it's a whole lot easier to forgive others when you know how much has been forgiven for you. Amen? Ephesians 4.32 says to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. You're free to forgive because you've been freely forgiven. Listen to these words of Andy Stanley. Powerful words. You really need to hear this. In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Isn't that good? In one way, it feels like a gift to my enemy, but in the other way, in the shadow of the cross, it feels like, one, like a gift from one undeserving soul to another. You see, when I don't forgive others, it's not because I cannot forget what they've done to me. It's because I forgot what I've done to others. When your heart is hard, you forget how much has been forgiven for you. You forget how much you've hurt other people when you're holding unforgiveness in your own heart. There was an attorney one time who, after reading his Bible and meditating on several scriptures, decided to cancel the debts of his clients that owed him money for more than six months. Now, this was a miracle in itself that an attorney was going to cancel debts. He drafted a letter explaining his decision and its biblical basis, and he sent out 17 debt-canceling letters with certified mail. 16 of the 17 letters came back because the people that were getting the letters were afraid he was suing them for, for, what they, for not paying their bills, so they didn't either didn't sign the letter or they just sent them back. Think about that. We owe a debt for our sin and God is willing to cancel it, but too many people will not open the letter to experience the debt cancellation. You see, it depends on how you see God. Is God going to strike judgment on me right now? Is he going to bring the wrath right now? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. It might judge me. It might condemn me. What if it's there to forgive you and to cleanse you and to set your feet back on a rock and give you life again? Amen? It's important. It's important in this life, but it's also important in the next life because here's the reality. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Did you hear that this morning? Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. So number one, we can forgive because he first forgave us. Number two, we can love because he loved us first. In fact, John said it almost exactly like that in John 14, 419. It says, we love because he first loved us. What is love? Love is wanting the best for someone at your own expense. You know what love does? Love doesn't give us what we deserve. It gives us what we need. If I love somebody, I don't give them what they deserve. I give them what they need. Isn't that what God does to us? He, thank God he doesn't give me what I deserve. Amen? If, you ever, if you're sitting here this morning and you feel entitled to God, like God owes you something, you need to get on your knees and repent right now. Because if he paid you for what you've done, you'd, you'd be like ashes right now. Just poof, you'd be gone. 
But instead, he loves you and he gives you what you need. Romans 5.8 says, But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatsoever. How did Jesus love us? He went first. He went first. He gave his life for us. Sacrificially for us. Even when we weren't worth it. Even in, think about this, even in your darkest hour, your lowest moment, Jesus died on the cross for you. But how different we can be at times, right? We can know the worst about people and it'll cause us to get away from them. We don't want to be around them at all. Stay away, stay away. Like they got the cooties or something. Maybe what they need is forgiveness from you. Maybe you don't need to do life with them anymore, but you don't need to avoid them altogether. And maybe you need to make sure that forgiveness happens between you before you put a little bit of separation. Amen? Because if somebody's hurt you, you don't have to go back to that situation and be hurt again, but you can move back closer and close enough to give forgiveness and receive forgiveness and gain understanding so that you can bring peace to that situation and then back off to a healthy place. Do you get that this morning? I'll never tell you to go back to somebody who hurt you. I'm not telling you to go back and get hurt again. I'm telling you, though, you need to go back and settle it. It needs to be settled. How do you know if it's not settled? Because every time their name comes up, every time you think about them, these bad feelings come up. It's not settled. It's settled when somebody can say their name, you can be in the same room with them and not have those same feelings anymore. Jesus tells us to love one another. He didn't tell us to feel like loving one another. Isn't this true? Sometimes we don't feel like loving people. Come on, let's get real in this church this morning. Let's talk about husbands and wives for a minute. You want me to meddle? I'll meddle. Husbands and wives, do you always feel like loving your spouse? Nope, that's why nobody raised their hand. (laughs) For some of you, that's the bravest thing you've done in a month. Watch Watch what Paul said in Ephesians 5. He said, husbands... Go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. His words evoked her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Amen. Come on. Good job, Wally. You scored a point. <laughs> expires at midnight, though. <laughs> but watch this. I don't always feel like loving Cheryl. Cheryl doesn't always feel like loving me. We do a lot of marriage counseling, and sometimes people say, I don't love them anymore. I say, okay, but the Bible says to love them. Yeah, but I, I, you, you don't understand. Like, I don't even like them anymore. Well, well, the Bible says to love one another. Yeah, but, but like, Pastor, you, you don't understand. And I'll go, the Bible even says to love your enemies. So you're not getting out of this. There's no way out. We're commanded to love one another. Amen? Amen. That means this, that I got to get over my stuff. I got to process my stuff with Jesus so that I can love again. Right? If you own a car and your car runs out of gas, you don't go sell the car because it ran out of gas. Right? What do you do? 
you're going to fill it up. Right? If you don't feel like you love your spouse, what do you need to do? Go fill it up. I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. Go fill it up. What does that mean? Take them on a date. And all the women say, yes. I'm giving y'all a chance. Fill the tank up. Go take a walk. How a babysitter, best investment you'll do. You're killing me, Wally. You're killing me. It is cheaper than a lawyer. Technically, you're right. But let's not even go there. How about we just fill the tank back up first, okay? And get the car running again. And let's not even talk about the lawyers. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. What does it take? What do you need to do? To fill the tank up again. You know, sometimes the best conversation you can have with your spouse is this. The best question you can ask is, what can I do for you? Or what am I not doing for you? Oh, that's a scary question. Come on, get real with me this morning. That's a real scary question. Some of you are like, I ain't asking that question. I don't care what Pastor Jamie said. He put me in the headlock. I ain't asking that question. Thomas A. Kempis said this, whoever loves much does much. So number one, we can forgive because he first forgave us. Number two, we can love because he loved us first. Number three, we can give because he gave first. One of the greatest pictures of this is in the Old Testament with God's people, the children of Israel. God has provided their deliverance, their food, their water, Remember this? They were getting fed from heaven directly. He was their GPS. They were directed. They were, they were led by clouds. But when it came to building a sanctuary for him to dwell in, watch what he says in, in Exodus 25. The Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to bring their sacred offerings. Accept the, accept the, the contributions from all those whose hearts are moved to offer them. What's crazy is, is there are moments where God provides everything that we need. And there's the, then there's moments where God provides everything that all of us need, and he wants us to be a part of it. There's moments where God wants us to get involved. Don't get me wrong, God can do anything he wants, any way that he wants, any time that he wants. But I think he likes to use us, and he likes to do it with us. I mean, if you know that to be true, God loves to do things with us. He loves his kids. He loves to do things with his kids. So sometimes he'll give you everything that you need. Sometimes he'll give you more than you need so that you can get involved in what else is need. What else is needed in the moment? Amen. He wants us to get involved sometimes. And that's what he told the nation of Israel. He said, I went first. Now it's your turn. So how did they do? But I want to back up to Exodus chapter 25 real quick because the the second half of that verse says this, accept the contributions, watch this, from all whose hearts are moved to offer them. You know what we don't do at our Savior's church? We don't manipulate people to give. There's no sad stories. I'm not pulling on your heartstrings. I'm not looking at you you and asking for your paycheck like some of the churches do. They ask for your paycheck, and then they distribute it and then give you back what's left. We don't do that. 
We don't tell you how much each person needs to give. We don't put pressure on you to give. You know what we've been doing and what we always do is we ask you to pray. Would you pray? Why? Because we believe that God moves in the heart of everyone. And we want God to move in your heart on what he wants you to give into this legacy so that we can see the next generation reached, so that we can do everything that he wants us to do. You see, it's the people whose hearts were moved to offer them. Watch what happens. Watch what God can do with people whose hearts are moved. Exodus 36, they went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. When was the last time you heard me give an offering message and say, don't tithe today, we got more than enough? I've never said that. <laughs> I wish I could stand here and say that. I wish I could tell you, hey, you don't have to give today because somebody came and gave everything that we needed to build the building. Can't do that. There's reasons why I can't say that. And here's the reasons why. Number one, at our church, only about 30 to 35% of the people actually give. Now, you might think that's horrible. I think we can do a lot better, but that's actually better than the national average. The national average is 20%. But we can do better. Amen? And here's the second reason. Because we'll always have more vision than we have provision. You just give and watch and see what God's going to do in the city. Oh, there's all kinds of things we want to do. We just need the resources to do it. Amen? So you'll probably never hear me get up and say, don't tithe. We got enough. Probably won't happen. But you never know. What happened in that moment? The people got it. They got it. They got a hold of the vision. They understood what legacy was. They did it with their hearts more than they did it with their wallets or their hands. So God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. And we give our life. He pioneered. Jesus, think about this. Jesus pioneered so that we could pioneer forgiveness. We could pioneer love. And we could pioneer giving. A.W. Tozer said this. There are, there are rare Christians whose very presence incites others to be a better Christian. I want to be that rare Christian. How about you? We're going to receive communion in a little while. And I believe communion is one of the best ways to show love, forgiveness, and giving. So Jesus went first so that we can go first, so that we can give. He gave so that we can give. You ready to give? How many of you came prepared and ready to give? The ushers are going to come forward this morning, and this is what you're going to do. The band's going to come up and start to play. You've had about eight weeks to pray over this. Hopefully you came prepared today. 
what I want you to do while they're doing is I want you to grab an envelope. Everybody grab an envelope. I know you, you may not be ready to give this morning, but just do me a favor. Grab an envelope. Everybody grab an envelope. Grab a pen. I want you to open up your envelope. Because we have a couple of different envelopes out there. I just want to clarify something real quick. When you open up the envelope, when you flip it open, you'll see the, the, the box here. And in one place it may say REACH Project or it may say the Building Fund. Or in some, in some cases it may say Legacy. Do you see it? Building Fund, REACH, or Legacy. It should say either one of those three. You see that? Shake your heads. I'll keep asking until you. That's where I want you to, first I want you to fill out your name. Put your name. Your address, if you want to. And next to where it says either building, reach, or legacy. If you're giving today, I want you to put the amount that you're giving today. If you're not prepared to give today, maybe you're waiting on a bonus, maybe you're waiting on a, re a tax return or something and you want to give in the near future, I want you to be very realistic about this because we don't want to assume that we have so much money coming in, but I want you to put me an honest number on there that you believe you'll be able to give in the next couple of weeks or month or so. We're not going to hold you accountable to this. If you don't give it, we're not calling you. Do you owe us some money? We're not going to do none of that. This is strictly on you. We're going to build at the, at the pace of your generosity. That's how we always build. And so as you fill it out this morning, put your offering in there. I want you to close it up. What I'm going to ask you to do is, every one of us is going to stand up. Come on, stand up with me. I've had a few people ask me this morning, Pastor, can I give next week? I'm not ready to give this week. Absolutely, you can. All you need to do is grab an offering. Make sure you put it in Legacy, Building Fund, or Reach. Okay? If it's not tagged specifically, it's going to go into general ties and offerings. We don't want to get that confused because we're separating everything today. Because everything that you give today is going to remodel that building to make more space for more kids. That's Legacy in its purest form. It's for the next generation. Some of you are building a building for kids you'll never get to meet or know their names. But so be it. We'll see them in heaven one day. Right? If you're giving online, there's a place online. It's either in the notes or it's a box that you can click that says legacy. Or even in the memo, you can put legacy. I want you to understand it's very critical that you tag this offering to legacy. Okay? If it's not tagged, it's going to go into general ties and offerings. Okay? Everybody got it? All right. So what I want you to do is the band's going to sing a little song. I'm going to get out the way. And you're going to come forward. Everybody's going to come forward. You're going to, you're going to put your offering in the bucket. And then you're going to grab communion. A communion cup for you. And you're going to go back to your seat. You're going to get ready and wait for us to do communion together. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you right now. I thank you, God, that you move on the hearts of people.
thank you for that verse that's so critical in Exodus where it says, accept the gifts of those whose hearts were moved to give them. God, you move hearts we don't. All we've done is painted a clear picture of where we're going, painted a clear vision of what we're going to do and what we're trusting you for. And God, we believe in sacrificial giving, not equal giving. Equal sacrifice, not equal giving. So God, every person here today is going to make some sort of sacrifice. And I thank you for moving on their hearts. I'm grateful that we're going to bring in everything that we need to remodel that building for kids that we don't even know yet. So God bless this moment in Jesus' name. Amen.
see the three things that Jesus went first in. Because God loved us, he gave us his only son. You know the verse that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God gave because God loves. you got to understand how much he loves you. So love is found in the communion. And then forgiveness is found in the communion. Because what's represented here is that his body was broken and his blood was shed so that it could pay the price for our sin. So forgiveness, it shows up in communion. And then giving shows up. Not only did God give his one and only son, but you remember the moment where Jesus was in the garden and he was wrestling about what he was going to do next? Do you realize that in that moment he made a decision to give his life? What did he ask God? Lord, is there a different way? Can you take this cup from me? I don't know if I can bear it. But then what did he say? But not my will, your will, God. Love, forgiveness, giving are three of the things that are found in the community. So as you take the wafer this morning that represents his body, just remember that he gave his body for us. remember this, that nobody took something from Jesus. <laughs> they didn't take it from Jesus. Jesus gave it. He gave his life. Nobody took it. He could have called down angels. He could have stopped the whole show. He could have, he could have just wrecked the whole place, but he didn't. Instead, he gave. So as you take the juice this morning, it represents his blood. kids so that Lord we can we can reach those kids who who don't know what real love is we can reach those kids who are abandoned they may have a parent at home but they're abandoned Lord and God we will reach the next generation that the love of God and the testimony of Jesus would not be lost in our generation but it would be passed on to the next generation God, thank you for this opportunity today to leave a legacy, to invest in the future, a future that we might not even be there for. Thank you. Thank you for moving in our hearts. We love you, we praise you, we bless you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated real quick. The ushers are going to come by. Pass a bucket to grab all that. Give you a couple of quick announcements and then I'm gonna let you go this morning. Maybe you enjoyed that message. Come on, any good? A couple of things coming up. Uh, first off, Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, the church offices will be closed Tuesday to Friday. Just so you know, uh, December the sixth through the seventh is the Freedom Retreat. I want you to be praying. I want you to mark your calendars to pray for those folks that are going to the Freedom Retreat. It's going to be a powerful moment. Um, December the 8th, that Sunday following the Freedom Retreat, we're going to have baptisms. 
So if, you, if you've not been baptized or you feel like you need to be water baptized, we want you to sign up for that. Just grab a Connect card, fill it out. On that Connect card, you can click the box that says being water baptized and just leave that on your seat after service and then we'll, that way we can schedule you so we know how many to have or, or to be prepared for. It's going to be a great moment. Also, uh, December the 13th, we're having an OSC Eunice family movie night at 6.30 called The Star. So your kids will be getting some tickets to invite a friend to come and watch a movie here. We're going to have popcorn and some things like that. It's going to be a special moment for families. Nobody's dropping kids off. It's going to be for families. Also, on the 14th, the very next morning, our kids have been, uh, are getting ready or have been are getting ready to start putting together some gifts for the um, the folks at the, at the Eunice Manor nursing home. And so 10 o'clock that Saturday morning, uh, they're going to be handing out Christmas cards and just letting on the people at the nursing home. It's going to be a great moment. So if you want to participate in that with your kids, you can bring them uh, 10 o'clock that morning. Let's see what else we got. December the 20th, we're having a, a, a Dream Team Christmas party at 6.30 right here. It's going to be an incredible time. Also, December the 22nd, our kids are going to participate in worship for a, a one song, a worship song they've been practicing, and so that's going to be special. That'll be December the 22nd. And then Tuesday, December the 24th, mark your calendars, we're having a Christmas Eve service. Christmas Eve service, it'll be a candlelight service at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock on the 24th. Why 5 o'clock, Pastor? Because some of you got plans for later on, so we're going to do it early. So that you can come, it'll be for one hour or less, and then you can leave and go to your family functions and all those things like that. So mark your calendars for that, please. We love to see you here for every one of those things. Amen? I'm excited. God's going to build this building, and we're going to make more room for more kids. And we're going to have more stories of little kids walking to church, and their parents don't even know where they're at. For real. Come on, stand up with me this morning. Let me bless you and let you go. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for praying and asking God what he would want you to give. Like I said, if you weren't prepared to give today, you can mark it and just say, hey, I plan to give this much in the future. We're not going to hold you to it. But I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Lord, we bless you today. Open your hands towards heaven. Lord, we bless you today. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you for all that you're doing, how you're moving in every one of us. Go before us this week, God. Help us to bring light into the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you. God. More than I ask for, more than I'm worth. Grace on top of grace. How sweet the sound once lost, now found. Yeah.